This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Everybody, welcome tonight. You really sound good. Your audio is clear. Folks, welcome. Right. It's an honor to be here tonight with Minister Carla Butad. Carla, where are you located at? Do you live in Texas? I do. I, it's almost Louisiana. We live in Far East Texas. Wow, there you go. Okay, Far East Texas it is. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to say hello to our fellow Texans out there and Chaplain Jonathan Skaggs. God bless you. And Brother Carlos, everybody out there, welcome. Um We'll get started. Carla, would you like to open up your show in prayer? I would. Well, Father, we just we thank you that we have overcome the little obstacles, the hurdles that are seemingly always being thrown before the program starts. And I just thank you for peace and for um, for assurance that you are with us because we're two our three are gathered. You are there in the midst of us. So I thank you for being here with us tonight and for the the word that's going to go forth. Father, I pray that it just bless every person who hears it, that that uh, the word will fall on fertile ground and take root and bear fruit. I bind every spirit that would hinder, block. Uh, I bind the Antichrist spirit that would want to keep people from getting the freedom that you want them to have. And tonight's message concerning children, I just pray that it will be a blessing to the parents that hear it, that they will take the word and take what you have given us and run with it to help the children in their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I just realized, Carl, I better stop cursing myself. I keep saying I have a bad hair day. No wonder my hair is not proven. 
and that conflict doesn't go. I'm going to say I'm going to have a good hair day every day. Amen? Exactly. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the show tonight. Glad to be with you all and hope you invite someone to tune in right now. Carla, the mic is yours. Take all the time you like. Okay. Thank you, Shannon. Well, I, I do appreciate um, the opportunity to come on. I've gotten some emails uh, recently, well, all the time, but uh, most recently from some parents and also from some grandparents um, concerned about their grandchildren. And, you know, after answering so many emails, I think, okay, let's just let's put this in a message so that the next time I get an email about it, I can just forward the link to them and let them hear it as many times as they need to hear it. So tonight, um, I'm going to call this How to Help Your Children with Deliverance or Through Deliverance. Um, I'm going to start by telling you that the very first experience that I ever had with deliverance was concerning my little daughter. Well, she's 30 seven now but when she was five years old and how I wish I had known um, the ministry the message of deliverance um, right from the get-go if I had been saved and baptized water baptized and then uh, taken through deliverance to deal with those generational uh, things that we all are born with and uh, the sins that we committed before we were saved, the, the demons that came in through all of those things, if we knew about these things to be delivered from them as soon as we got saved, um, it would make it a lot easier on our children to begin with because as those demons are cast out, then the, and I'm going to discuss this a little bit in a minute, but talking about the change that takes place even in our DNA when we are saved. So um, it, I, I think my children would have a better life than they have right now because when, when um, my children were like teenagers, almost grown, before I really started understanding the ministry of deliverance. And so where I could have cast these spirits out of them as they were growing up, as the spirits were manifesting, and I saw them and was aware of them. But if you don't know about them, you sadly think that it's just who they are. And so that's why I wanted to bring this message. So when she was five years old, and I, I want to say this to parents because I want you to understand that, that the deliverance ministry is not a difficult ministry. It's not rocket science. It doesn't take um, a particular uh, person to do it. Anyone can use the name of Jesus and cast out devils. That's what Jesus said, in my name, once you're a believer, those who believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. So I want to encourage you not to be afraid of it, not to think that you have to have some special person come do it for you. Um, I learned in baby steps and you can learn in baby steps as well. So when my little daughter was five years old, um, she would cry every day on the way to school 
it her kindergarten was an all-day kindergarten class and so her first experience with school was being away from home all day I was a stay-at-home mom so she wasn't used to being you know away from me for that long and so I knew that it might be difficult for her because she seemed to have um, separation anxiety. I had recognized that as well. So what do you think? If you don't know about demons, you just think, oh, she's very shy or she's very this or she's very that. So I had begun to ask God about this thing that I was noticing in her that she would cry every day going to school. And it bothered me because as a mother, you know, you want to you want to fix things. And I didn't know how to fix this. In fact, I didn't even know why it was happening. And neither did she. I would ask her, baby, why are you crying? And she would just shrug her little shoulders. But those big tears would be coming down her cheeks. And so one day when I let her off at school, I had Christian radio on. And at this time... Okay, she okay, this was nineteen eighty eight, so I was thirty four, maybe thirty four years old, and had not really come into the knowledge of deliverance yet. And so I was really praying about this situation and asking God, What is this Lord that's making her? cry every day on the way to school and you know did something happen at school it began to stir up some fears in me um, that maybe something had happened and she couldn't tell me or I just really was beside myself with it so one day after I let her off from school I'm listening to Christian radio and there were these two men discussing how spirits can transfer from a mother, when she's carrying a baby, those spirits can be transferred. And so when I heard that, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, okay. And so I'm listening to more. And the, the two men that were talking, one of them said, uh, the host said, okay, so for instance, if there's a young woman perhaps listening today and um, and she's experiencing this, uh, what would you tell her to do? He said, for, it, the, the transferring, he said, for instance, if a woman was carrying a baby while she was depressed, which is exactly, I was going through a terrible depression when I was pregnant with my little daughter. And, um, you know, sometimes I would be sobbing so hard during this depression that I really was afraid that I would go into premature labor. But it seemed to be a cry that I could not control in myself. And so, of course, the baby is in me. The baby hears the sobbing. The baby feels the 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 sorrow and everything that is in that depression. And so he said, those spirits have transferred into the baby. And so the, the other fellow says, so what, what would a mother do about that? And he said, well, you can go to the bedroom door when the child is asleep. You don't need the child to be involved in it. They don't need to be awake. They don't need to be hearing. After all, you're not even talking to them. You're talking to the spirit. Okay, well, that made sense to me. So, and also, you know, I was an avid reader of the word. I had, you know, read the stories where Jesus had cast out spirits. And and so none of this was new to me. I had just never 
seen anybody or heard of anybody actually doing it. So he said, just go to the bedroom door very quietly, but where you can hear yourself because, you know, this is something people always say, well, do I have to actually say it? I mean, can I just think it in my head? And and I say to them, listen, in Genesis, when God is creating the earth, creating everything, he didn't look at the darkness and, and think that there be light. He said, let there be light. It's important that we say, um, because our words have power. Okay, so you speak to the Spirit. And he said, just whatever you have noticed in your child, that's what you speak to. You spirit that's causing my child to cry every day on the way to school. He didn't say those words, but I knew those were the words that I was going to have to say. You don't have to, if you don't know the name of the spirit, then you call it by its action or its behavior. You spirit that is causing my child to cry. Okay, there is a spirit of sorrow. There is a spirit of grief. There is a spirit of heaviness. There is a spirit of um, depression and oppression and melancholy and all of those things that I saw on my daughter, but I just thought they were her, her personality. Because, well, I'll get to that in a minute. So I just went to the bedroom door. I did exactly what the man said to do. And the very next morning, she did not cry going to school, nor did she ever cry going to school again. And that's when I realized, wow, that that is powerful. There is something we are missing in this respect. And so it really got my attention. Of course, I didn't really know what to do with it other than, you know, this particular instance. So that was my very first um, experience with what we call deliverance. When I say deliverance, usually to people, well, I'm involved in the ministry of deliverance, which is casting out devils in the name of Jesus. Yep, that's what I do. (laughs) You know, because most people are like, what? I mean, I have some relatives who actually think that I'm involved in demonic stuff. You know, and this isn't that sad. They're all Christians. They just don't get it. Okay, so... um. Now, I said that if you don't know that these things are spirits, you begin to describe a person as their personality, that that is just, oh, she's just shy, or oh, she's just this, or oh, she's just that. And then, you know, almost you start putting labels on your children. The definition of personality is the totality of qualities and traits as of character or behavior that are peculiar to a specific person. That's the definition of personality. Synonym of personality is disposition. And the definition is a natural mental and emotional outlook or mood, characteristic attitude, or an inclination. And the definition of 
of uh, inclination is a characteristic disposition or tendency to act in a certain way. That's why if we're not careful, we will identify these traits or aspects as they are their personality when in actuality it's a demon or an evil spirit. Okay, and then there are familiar spirits. Now, she had my daughter. My daughter didn't have depression. I was the one who had the depression. But she was experiencing the familiar spirits that a person who is depressed has. So these familiar spirits are around her. Now, I found it interesting when I looked up the word familiar spirits. Whenever I was learning about all of this, I'm looking up uh, familiar or and the definition is familial of or relating to a family occurring or tending to occur among members of a family, usually by heredity. And (laughs) that is a very real thing. Even medical science, even uh, like like these places um, that do the DNA searches and all of that stuff. They understand that these are things that tend to occur among members of a family, usually by heredity. Some spirits, um, familiar spirits are used by psychics, you know, that whole world of darkness and the occult. Um, Those spirits are used all the time. And, you know, Deliverance is really necessary because if a person is raised up in the occult or if you're raised in a family where witchcraft is practiced and you have practiced witchcraft, um, then you get saved, you may carry some of those uh, gifts, as they're called, even by the, um, the kingdom of darkness. You know, people who are psychics call it a gift. Um So these gifts sometimes will carry over into a person their uh, Christian life. And we have a tremendous amount of that in the body of Christ today, which really takes discernment sometimes to realize, (laughs) is this, you know, a gift from God or is it a gift from, from the devil? So it's important that we understand these familiar spirits. The best examples of familiar spirits and how they work it's like I can remember watching um, Johnny Carson years and years and years ago and they would have they would have somebody on there who supposedly could read your mind and they would have somebody stand up in the audience and take out your uh, your uh, driver's license and there would they would involve somebody that was standing behind this person to look at their license as well. So the person who's a guest on the show begins to tell what is on the driver's license, the person's name, the person's address, um, everything that is on their driver's license. And the people are just in awe. They're captivated by this ability that this man has. And they don't know that it's demonic. 
They don't know that this man has a familiar spirit that works with him with the familiar spirits around the person holding the driver's license. Every one of us have spirits around us, angels, demons, familiar spirits that have come down the family line, and they are hovering around us. Now, we don't see them, but the spiritual world can see each other, and these spirits will work together. We can't hear them. We can't see them, but the spirit realm can. And so the man with the driver's license, that spirit that's around him is is uh, having a conversation with the familiar spirit of the guy reading supposedly his his mind. So um, that's how these things work. Now, we're not supposed to have anything to do with that world. It tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 9, it talks about uh, necromancy and, you know, talking with the dead and uh, familiar spirits and witchcraft. And all of that is named in things that belong to the kingdom of darkness that God forbids us to take part in. And yet, you know, nowadays, I mean, this wasn't anything I was planned to talk about, but nowadays um, they have uh, not Ouija boards, but angel boards. They don't have tarot cards, but they have angel cards. I mean, it, they're trying to Christianize or make good something that is evil and that just doesn't happen it and it's bringing a lot of evil and problems to people that they don't even realize is happening so there are those familiar spirits okay um a familiar spirit it says the definition is a force or principle believed to animate living beings a force or principle Uh, Okay, I'm sorry. Believed to animate humans and often to endure after departing from the body of a person at death. Often uh, referred to as the soul. So those are two different things. Now, when, when a person is dying, it's important to tell you this because there are familiar spirits that people have, and when they die, those spirits leave that person and look for another family member. They want to stay in the same family because they're familiar with that family, been with them for generations. Okay, so it's important what I have begun to do when a relative or anybody that I'm praying for that is dying, I bind those spirits to their bones to go to the grave with them and not transfer to anybody else in the family so that may be something that you know that you may want to start doing um okay so another thing is that children we need to understand they don't come as a clean slate i used to think that the babies that Mike and I would have would be a combination of Mike and me only. (laughs) But I didn't understand, um, you know, the biological truth to all of that, nor did I know the biblical truth of that. 
Okay, I, I compare it to like computers. Computers come already programmed. They have what are called defaults. Um, and a default in computers is a particular setting or value for a variable that is assigned automatically by an operating system and remains in effect unless canceled or overridden by the operator. Now, I love that definition because that's how I see babies when they come into this world. They're not just this like a blank blackboard that you can write on or that you can um, they already come with certain thing a temperament or um, things that you know immediately you can start seeing these things when they're very young oh my goodness he's just like his daddy in that respect he can't stand any he doesn't like light or he doesn't like loud noises or we start comparing and seeing the similarities in babies with their mothers and daddies or even perhaps grandpa or grandma or an aunt or an uncle or somebody else that has been, you know, in the family line. So, so it is with us whenever we come into uh, Christianity, when we give our lives to the Lord, and now we have been given this power Through the name of Jesus, salvation, healing, it's all connected. Salvation, healing, and deliverance, it's all connected. Of course, the first thing is being saved, although not always a prerequisite. I don't mind praying for somebody, maybe that's not even saved, if I'm dealing with a generationally inherited curse. Um, Now, when it gets to personal things... You know, that's when um, I'm more picky about whether a person has given their life to Christ or if they have a personal relationship with Jesus because uh, because that's important. Um, but we can, through the name of Jesus, cancel and override these demonic things in our lives, which... Nothing else can do that. I mean, if you're, if a person is insane, they can go to a psychiatrist or anybody, a psychologist, anybody, counselors. You cannot counsel these demons away. You can give them medicine to live with it. You can maybe teach them some um, some things to do that that they can handle it, but to get rid of it, it is only through the name of Jesus Christ and his shed blood that is going to get rid of demons. And we need to know that. You can't counsel a demon. You can't pray out a demon. They have got to be cast out, as Jesus says, using his name. And we need to know that. Okay, Jesus did this with the young boy. He canceled and overrode this this demon that was in this young boy in Mark chapter 9, 17 through 27. 
It says, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Okay, excuse me, my my computer just jumped. And we're live with Carla Butad if you're just joining us. This is a live show, and we're glad to be here with everybody tonight on Tuesday, August 27th, 2019. Carla's website, by the way, is Carla Butad. That's spelled B-U-T-A-U-D dot com. Yes. And Carla, back to you. Okay. That was Mark nine seventeen through 27. Uh, the man said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground, wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago? Since this came unto him. Now, that's an important question. Many times when people uh, write to me and say, you know, I'm, since, um, or they'll say, I am fighting this debilitating infirmity. And I'll say, well, when, how long have you had this infirmity? When did it start? And then that starts, you know, the dialogue. Okay, so what happened right before you were diagnosed with this? Did you have a trauma? Did something happen in your life or was there some crisis or, you know, then you start the investigation. I always said, I tell my husband, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing and wasn't involved in ministry, I would want to go to school to become an investigator because I love the process and deliverance. There is a lot of, um, investigating, <laughs> investigation. Okay, so Jesus said, how long is it ago since this came to him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes, now I love this dialogue that the father says, and oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters. He calls it it. Don't you find that interesting? Um, oftentimes it, he's referring to the demonic spirit. It hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. Don't you love that? Jesus rebuked it, commanded it to get out, and it left. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him and he was as one dead insomuch that he said, many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. See how Jesus, he, he 
canceled and he overrode the power that that demon spirit had been working in that young man since he was a child. And don't you know that that young man was so, he felt the freedom. When that thing left him, he knew it left him, and his life was never the same again. And that's what I love about deliverance. You cast those demons out, and their lives are never the same again. It's just like Jesus said when Lazarus came out of the tomb. He told the others that were standing around and witnessed it because he was bound with grave clothes, it said. And Jesus told all of those that were there, loose him and let him go. And that's for all of us to do. We are to be loosing our brothers and sisters in Christ from the things that have them bound. And that's what Jesus did with this young man. He loosed him from the it that was throwing him into the fire, and it throws him into the water. That was a demon of death and destruction trying to kill that young man. And that's what demons do. Okay? Also, with the man with legion in Mark chapter 9, verses 1 through 15, it says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. No, not with chains. Because he that had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And actually, that word worshipped in that scripture in the Greek, it means he put himself in a submissive posture to Jesus. He came and brought himself to the feet of Jesus and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man. Now see, this is this is an interesting thing. The reason the guy cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God, thou torment me not. Right before he cried that out, in verse 8 it says, For he said unto him, Jesus said unto him, Come out of the man unclean spirit. That's what Jesus said when he came and, and fell before him. Jesus said, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And that's why the man cried back. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, son of the most high God? I find that an interesting um, order. It seems like it should say the man came and worshipped him. And, and Jesus said, come out of him, thou unclean spirit. And then the man said... But it, it's backwards. I think that's interesting. Okay. He asked him, what is thy name? 
And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. See, now the demons are the ones hoping that they wouldn't be sent out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. Isn't that interesting, too? See, this man who who was uh, had all this legion of demons in him. He had supernatural strength. He couldn't be chained. He couldn't be bound. He was wandering around day and night, crying and cutting himself with stones. This guy was out of his mind. And these were tormenting demons in this man. Can you imagine how it must have felt for him to be exiled almost. But he did that himself. The demons had him hanging around the graveyard because he had such a spirit of death. Those demons had him cutting himself with stones, uh, trying to kill him or have him kill himself. So when all of these demons were cast into the pigs, who, by the way, were just in the field grazing peacefully, But when the demons were cast into him, those crazy demons that were in this man, it caused all the pigs to go crazy and they ran violently into the water and were choked. That's like a spirit of suicide that was on him. All of those pigs just ran into the water and drowned. Okay. In verse 14, it says, And they that fed the swine fled and told in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was was possessed with the devil. I like that wording. They see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. See, people are that way. They are less afraid of what has always been, what they're familiar with. People fear what they don't understand. And that's a lot of why people reject the ministry of deliverance, because they don't understand it. If you bring understanding to it, then they can be more receptive. Okay, in Genesis one twelve. Now, this is talking about uh, children and how they don't come as a clean slate. In Genesis one twelve, it says, And the earth brought forth grass and herb, yielding seed after his kind, or its kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed in itself, after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Okay, so we see that the grass, it has seed. When that seed drops, you get grass. You have the fruit trees, the apple trees. When they drop an apple, 
there is seed inside the apple. And when the apple drops, you don't get oranges or anything else. You get apples because it's the seed. The apple tree is actually in the seed. Okay? Now, in Exodus 20, verse 5, it says, Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. God is addressing idolatry here. And he says, Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, I always have to say this about the word hate. doesn't mean what we think it means. I mean, we, we use it in a different way. The definition of hate in this, uh, in the Hebrew, in this scripture, has to do with loyalty. So it's he's really saying, uh, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of the, of those who have not been loyal to me. And so you see, we all fall into that category because before. We knew God before we gave ourselves to Jesus, before we made Jesus our Lord, we were our own gods. We did what we wanted to do, when we wanted to do it, with whomever we wanted to do it. We decided what we were going to do, when we were going to do, where we were going to go, how long we were going to We were our own gods, and that's idolatry. So these iniquities that are in us are also in our seed okay in uh, so whatever is in a husband and a wife will be in their seed and their seed seed and their seed 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 that's the third and the fourth generation so a child is really the result of a genetic gene pool of 60 different people. There's 30 on the mother's side and 30 on the daddy's side. So the seed is in all of those and the seed comes down the bloodline. And when that seed drops, when that baby, when the sperm meets the egg and a and a baby is conceived, it has the seed in it from all of those different uh, gene pool, the people of that gene pool. And that is where generationally inherited curses come from. Okay, someone said to me one time, there's no such thing as generational curses, generationally inherited curses. That was all dealt with at the cross. We no longer have generational curses. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, (laughs) that was shocking. But I, I even asked God when I left there, what would you say to someone who would say that to you? And he answered me, which was kind of surprising. But God said, um, if there were no such thing as generationally inherited curses, there would be no need for anyone to be saved. Because the curse started 
with Adam. And that curse is alive and well today. Now, given Jesus Christ became the curse, he canceled and, uh, what was the other word? Canceled and overrode that curse through the shedding of his blood. But that's not an automatic thing. First of all, most of us are never even taught that, that that uh, we're told that Jesus became the curse, but we don't understand what that really means. So um, I think that was interesting that God said if there was no such thing, then nobody would need to be saved. If, if Jesus broke that curse at the cross 2,000 years ago, but people are still needing to be saved, aren't they? They still, there are those who have not acknowledged what Jesus Christ did for them and appropriated that to their lives. And so, so it's, it's important to understand that, yes, there are curses in our family. I know I was having a conversation with a relative and, and they said, oh, I don't believe there's any curses on us. And I said, well, look, look at our family. Okay, we have alcoholism, 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 alcoholism came right down the family line. This one had cancer, that one had cancer, that one had, this one has diabetes, diabetes, diabetes. I said, would you call those things a blessing? No. That's a, I'm not talking about somebody sitting around putting curses on us. I'm talking about the curse that came down through the bloodline. Well, she still wouldn't have any of that, but I'm glad that, that God has given understanding about that so that so that I can at least do something about the ones that I inherited and I know the things that God has delivered me from and I am freer I am able to live the Christian life more successfully I know what deliverance has done for me it has changed my life more than any single thing other than being saved of course but then Deliverance has brought so much freedom and so much peace. Um, the, a lot of the struggles that I used to have to go through, they're not there anymore because those things have been dealt with and, and cast out of me. And, and I, of course, it's just like when a person gets saved. You know, when someone gets saved and they're newly saved, they want everybody to get saved when somebody is baptized in the holy ghost they want everybody to get baptized in the holy ghost well when you come into deliverance and you experience the joy and the freedom you want everybody to be delivered and so that's i guess why i do what i do so and i love it you know i it brings me great joy to bring the knowledge and understanding, and then the freedom to people. Okay, so I just want to give you a few um, examples that in my life that I have been a part of, um, especially with my grandchildren. Now, like I said, my children were already grown. The seed had already uh, taken root and began to bear fruit. Uh, before I knew anything about this. And then once, you know, they're grown, uh, now it's up to them. And, you know, sometimes it looks hopeless, 
but as I tell my mother all the time, mom, you know, she's she's always saying, but I would like to have seen it in my lifetime. She's fixing to be 94, and she would love to see these things. But she's going to, you know, unless unless it happens before she dies, which I would love for it to happen before she dies. But if not, she'll be another one that we could have written into the 11th chapter of Hebrews. She died in faith. Now, that doesn't mean the promise was never fulfilled. It just means it wasn't fulfilled in their time. So, but here's the truth. They have the same Jesus that saved me, that healed me, and that delivered me. Because I trained them up to know Jesus, to have a relationship. They're walking in rebellion, but I know in my heart There's coming a time when those seeds that were planted in them will take root and begin to bear fruit. And they will serve the living God for the rest of their days. And they will be a force to be reckoned with because they have seen and experienced through others by seeing their lives changed and and them you know, coming into that good life. And I'm really anxious for that to happen with with my children. But now with my grandchildren, I do know about these things. Okay, so my little granddaughter, when she was five, <laughs> yeah, she was, no, 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 she was about three when this happened. And I've told this story before. I'm sorry if you've heard it over and over again, but it's powerful. Um, she was, it, it was right after God had told me that I needed to stop being polite to the devil. And I was kind of shocked at that. Like, what? Polite to the devil? He said, yes, you are too polite to the devil. And then we had a little, you know, conversation about something that had happened in our life, my life. And so that very morning, I was outside on the porch with my little granddaughter And she was picking some flowers off of a vine that I had growing on my banister, the railing around the porch. And and she was bringing me these little tiny flowers. They were uh, jasmine, if you know what that looks like. I mean, just a cluster of little tiny flowers. And she was picking them and bringing them to me, which brought me great joy. I would smell them and make a big deal over them. And, oh, Grammy just loves flowers. Thank you so much. And, you know, she kept doing it because she enjoyed my reaction. Okay, so after a little while, the game got old. And I said, okay, Grammy has enough flowers now. I don't need any more flowers. And she turned around and gave me a look that I had never seen on her little face before. But if if words could explain what the look was, it was kind of like, I will decide when you've had enough flowers. And she turned around to pick another flower. And I tried to distract her. I had a book. Hey, uh, Kaylee, come look. Grammy's got a book. Come over here. and Grammy will read the book to you. And I remembered what God said, that I was being too polite to the devil. And I was watching rebellion. I mean, that look was rebellion in its finest form. And so 
when I realized what I was doing, I stopped myself and I just pointed my finger at her. And I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you spirit of rebellion, get out. You're not going to live in my grandbaby. And when I, as soon as I pointed my finger, she took a posture like I had said, attention. She just turned around and stood very straight and very tall. And, and after I finished saying what I said to her, I took my finger down and she said, amen, which tickled me. I had to laugh out loud because it caught me by such surprise. <laughs> I didn't even know she knew to say amen, actually. <laughs> but it was so funny. But but you know what? I saw that thing leave. It was a there was a, a change in her demeanor. And all of her little life, she has been so obedient. I, and I loosed, you know, I commanded that thing. I bind you and break your power. I command you to get out of her. And I lose obedience now in the name of Jesus. And she has been. She is a delight. Okay, so it's very powerful. Now, now, okay, now she's a teenager. A couple of years ago, struggling in school. She could not do math. And I I really empathized with her because I was terrible in math as well. So I couldn't help her with her homework. Mike would try to help her with her homework. She would get all upset because she couldn't get it. And every day that my husband was trying to help her with her homework, I mean, we, the whole household was stressed out. And she would end up crying and, oh, it was just awful. And so um, she had an experience at school. Uh, the teacher was passing out her math test to the class. You know how they'll call your name and you walk up and get your test and go sit back down. This is what the teacher was doing. But when, when it was Kaylee, she called Kaylee's name. Kaylee is walking up to get her paper. And the teacher is saying this as she's walking up to her. The teacher said, and Kaylee, you have the worst grade in the whole class. You need to study. And when my granddaughter told me that, it just crushed me that that a teacher would call her out, you know, um, uh, in front of the whole class, humiliate her, you know, and I, I said, Oh, Kaylee, what did you do, baby? Did you cry? She said, no, but I wanted to. She was 12 at this time. And and so I told her, I said, well, Kaylee, you know, you know what Grammy does for God. I teach this, and I want you to know this right now, that we wrestle not. The Bible says, Ephesians 6.12, we Wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. I want you to know that it was not the teacher who said that to you. It was an evil spirit in the teacher that wanted to humiliate you and thinking that it's going to make you do better. 
but that's crazy. It's a it's a mean man spirit. And so can you forgive her for saying that to you? Because we have to we have to forgive. We can forgive the person because it wasn't even the person, it was a spirit. The Bible says we wrestle not with flesh and blood. And I'm just gonna say this across the board. If you don't know that by now, <laughs> we wrestle not with flesh and blood. If you're having a problem with a boss, with a mate, with a sibling, with a coworker, with somebody at the grocery store, or somebody at the mail post office, let me tell you, you wrestle not with flesh and blood. We are human beings dealing with the spiritual world in the flesh. And that's where your battle has to be. That's where your warfare has to be, is in the spirit realm. So she forgave the teacher, but we bound that mean man spirit in that teacher that it would never operate against Kaylee or any other students in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, so then it hit me. You know, I had, I was terrible. I told my little granddaughter, Grammy was terrible in math. And you know what? I'm seeing this as a generational curse against math, that we not do well in math. And I said, I want to pray for you. So I prayed an arrested development prayer over her. I just put my hands on the side of her head. I bound every spirit of arrested development that would keep her from understanding and learning and retaining what she learns. Um, I, I broke the fear of math off of her. I commanded that fear of math to get out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. And I loosed upon her the ability to be able to do math to get it, to understand it, to do well on her test. And you know what? You know, when it, you don't, sometimes you pray and you don't think the prayer is doing anything. But that's why it's important to say your prayers out loud because your words have power. I want you to know this was um, right before Christmas that this happened in her school year. I want you to know that by the time May came around for school to end, she had the second highest grade in her class. Now, that was a miracle. <laughs> that was an absolute miracle. So that's why I wanted to talk about this, how you can help your children through praying deliverance prayers over them um, or even even when they're asleep, they don't have to be a part of it. I mean, she was she was 12 years old. She understands the things that I talk about. And so she was willing and participating in the prayer. So, so it really um, is a powerful thing. Okay, then she has a little brother who is six. Now, before they came, they spent the summer with us, with Mike and me. But before school was out, um, actually, my oldest son is, um, 
he has guardianship of the children because of some things that happened with my daughter. But those things are getting better. They're almost reconciled. The kids are almost back with their mother, and things are better. But when he first was uh, fostering them, so to speak, um, the little boy was just a mess emotionally, you know, and you can imagine, you know, I, I told my son, I said, listen, this, this is, they've been through a trauma and try to be patient with them. Of course, my son who's fostering him has never been, he just got married in June. He has no children, so he really doesn't understand little kids. So he was calling me a lot. Well, he called me one day to tell me that the little boy, his name is Connor, was having um, a hard time in school. He would not interact with his classmates, and he has a speech impediment. He has a lisp, a really bad lisp. And so, I mean, sometimes it's even hard for me to understand him. So the kids make fun of him at school, okay? So not only is he going through a personal trauma, this is traumatic, you know, for kids to make fun of him, and he would get in scuffles and these different things. So one night um, when Wade called me and said he had had a conference with the teacher and, you know, he's not interacting with his with his classmates and he acts like a clown all the time. Well, he's overcompensating for his uh, his lack, his for his for his weaknesses. He's overcompensating by being silly. Uh, So I told my son. I said, listen, rejection, if you could understand that he is experiencing, these are manifestations of someone who has strong rejection. And I said, if you could just, now they live in Utah, so they're not near me. But I said, if you would just go in his room after he goes to sleep and you bind and break the power of that spirit of rejection that is tormenting him and causing him trouble. Um, just, you know, the the acting like a clown. Well, my son said he acts like an idiot, but he's acting like a clown. He's being silly. And this spirit that's causing him not to interact with his classmates, I bind you and break your power. I command you to get out of him in the name of Jesus. And you loose upon him uh, social to be able to have um, social skills and you know just I tell people pray your desired end when you're praying over your children pray your desired end okay so I didn't know if my son would do that or not when I got off the phone I just said father there is no distance in the spirit I am praying over him right now where he is laying asleep and I bind and break the power of that spirit of rejection. I break the bastard curse off of him in the name of Jesus. I loose the spirit of adoption. Uh, I loose the spirit of, of being the ability to make friends and to interact and to behave in class and I just prayed my desired end for him. And I want you to know that the very, it was like three weeks later, maybe even two weeks later, 
my son called me and told me that that the school called they were having awards day and that Connor was going to get student of the month wow after two or three weeks i was and my son sent me a picture of him standing so proudly with his little certificate i mean he brought tears to my eyes what a difference what a difference prayer praying deliverance Binding those spirits that you see on your children, breaking the power of those spirits, commanding them to get out of your children and loosing the opposite. You know, the binding and loosing. It's the principle of binding and loosing, the power of that that Jesus gave to us. He said, whatsoever, I give you the keys of the kingdom and whatsoever things you bind on earth are bound in heaven. Now, I used to think, but there's no There's no rejection in heaven. But see, I didn't understand. There's heaven where God is and all of those who have died. And then there's, it's the first, the first heaven, second heaven, all of that. The atmosphere that we live and move in is the same atmosphere where demons and angels are at work. And I, I tell my mom all the time, be careful what you say. If you say, um, let me think of something. Um, Well, I'll just give you a real one. Um, She asked me one time if my, my daughter was taking birth control pills. And I said, I really don't know. And she said, I mean, she was in her 20s. You know, she wasn't a kid, but she was in her 20s. And, uh, and she was being, you know, living the wildlife. And my mother said, well, doesn't she know she can get pregnant? I said, Mama, is that what you want for her? Well, no. I said, then stop saying it. I said, when you say things like that, we have angels around us and we have demons around us. And we're going to employ one or the other with the words that we speak. Just like your bad hair. (laughs) We employ angels whenever we... um, Whenever we pray positive things for our our kids, when we say negative things, the, the demons are right there to go and bring it to pass. So we have to be very careful things that we say. So when we pray for our kids, when we pray for our grandchildren, it's just so powerful. Okay, so you've probably, I've shared this before. Uh, Shannon on another broadcast, but I went to um, a seminar. There was uh, it was um, a deliverance conference. There was a child there with autism. He had never spoken. He could not talk, or he had never spoken, so they thought he couldn't talk. And his eyes could not focus. His eyes were jumping all. In his eye socket, not not even in unison. You know, I thought he was blind when I saw him. But God told me that this little child, he was a foster child of somebody and the parents had that the little boy had been taken captive. He was a prisoner of war. And that was confusing to me. But what I realized later was that his parents were the ones who were in 
a battle with drugs. They lost the battle, and they also lost their children. And they were given into foster care. And the prison was the autism that he had, that the disease had become his prison. And, of course, that's what deliverance is all about, is is setting the captives free. So I had shared what the Lord had shown me. And so the pastor at that conference said, I, you know, he asked me to come forward and share with everybody what the Lord had told me. And then he gave me liberty. I want you to do whatever you think that needs to be done. So we brought the children. There was more than one child there. But he is the one that I really remembered the most. And so um, I prayed the arrested development prayer over him. Um, Okay, what God showed me about the arrested development is that um, it can be inherited. It can come down the family line. Um, It can happen as a result of trauma in the pregnancy when they are in utero. Um, If a child is born and they're neglected, their needs are not met and seen to, it can stunt their development. There are many things that can cause arrested development. And God had shown me this, um, how to pray for my children, you know, when they are when they are ready to come out of everything that they've been in, I am to pray this over them. And it really is done all in the spirit and it's a miracle. So I used it on this little boy. I laid my hands, I anointed him with oil, laid hands on him and began to to bind the arrested development, commanded it to go. I spoke to his, you know, because his eyes were messed up and he couldn't talk. I spoke to electrical impulses in his brain to connect. I called forth his communicative skills and his his ability to learn. He was in special ed classes and um, couldn't talk. And I don't know about his sight. I don't know how well he saw. But anyway, six months later, after I had prayed for this little boy, I didn't even, you know, I don't I don't go by feelings anyway, because feelings happen in the flesh and your flesh can lie to you. So I don't look for goosebumps or, you know, heat, cold, any of that. I I move on on the truth of what God has given me in his word. So I prayed for him, and six months later, he is talking, he's learning, memorizing, his eyes are perfect. I spoke to the muscles around the eyes, commanded them to come into, uh, allow his eyes to come into focus and to fix them, and I just prayed healing and cast those spirits out. And now, I, I think he's, I think he may be graduating by now. This was in 2003, and he was seven years old at the time. So, yeah, I think he's almost out of school. But six months later, he's in regular classes, not even in special ed classes anymore. That's that's a miracle. And that's what 
if you just step out on faith and do what Jesus has given us to do, he'll meet you there. He's never let me down. Okay, another child. This one was not even in the United States, somewhere else. The mother wrote me, um, this child could not. He was three years old and he was still on a bottle. He couldn't even eat food. He couldn't talk. He couldn't. Um, he couldn't look you in the eye. He couldn't even say mama. Um, and so she wrote me and I sent her that arrested development prayer and the teaching that I had done on it and told her to begin to do that with her son. And do you know that not long after that, she wrote me and told me that he was talking And she sent me a picture of him, and he was holding a bag of potato chips outside on the porch. And that just, I mean, it just thrilled me, even though, you know, it it, it wasn't even healthy food. I didn't care. That little boy could eat potato chips. And he, he had been on a bottle since he was born. I mean, it was just amazing to me. So he went from... But you know what? The dad, she told me that his father had wanted to abort. As soon as he found out she was pregnant, he wanted her to abort that baby, abort that baby, abort that baby. And see, the arrested development took place even in the womb from hearing. You know, fetuses can hear. They they hear the father's voice. He could hear the father's voice and knew that he had tremendous rejection. And that's where uh, I believe all of that came from. So he went from not being able to talk to talking. He went from not being able to eat to eating. Because she prayed over him and commanded those demons to get out of him. Okay. Um, Then, so in utero... If there is fear and anxiety, if there's rejection, if there's talk of abortion or even desire for abortion, the fetus feels this. If the pregnant woman is in a violent, um, a violent situation or, or abusive, if she experiences trauma or turmoil, um, if the baby was conceived out of wedlock, if the baby... If the mother had used drugs or alcohol, even prescription medications, if there was malnutrition, um, all of these things can cause arrested development. And I'm sure there's many, many other things that I didn't list. They can cause arrested development. They can even cause birth defects and physical, mental, and emotional problems. Um, You know, the, the man... The young man that had the withered hand in the Bible. I have it in my notes somewhere. I must have passed him up when it jumped or something. But, um, you know, there was this boy who was born this way. His hand was all withered up like a crippled arm. But, you know, I'm sure that the doctors 
at that time, explained it to the parents as best they knew how. Who knows? Maybe even told them that's just the way God made him. You know, people say a lot of things because they don't know what else to say. But that wasn't the end of it. The medical diagnosis was not even the end of this withered hand because Jesus, with God, there's nothing impossible. Jesus had an encounter with that young man and told him to stretch forth his hand. And when he did, it was made whole. I believe that that is still able to happen today with birth defects. Even, you know, I've had mothers write me whose babies they had uh, suspected something wrong with the child and I would immediately send her a prayer to begin to pray over the baby, binding those spirits of death and destruction and um, birth defects and I mean, I just pray my desired end. But I want you to know that that I have um, written a book with Sheila. It's called Power Prayers, Warfare That Works, because many people don't know how to pray against these things. So we have a book that's full of prayers, and there are more prayers coming all the time. Um, I have some that I want to share with y'all. Um, like, for instance, the prayer for arrested development. This is it. And and if you hear one of these prayers that, that you would like to have, not all of them are in the book. I mean, because there's new ones coming all the time. So I'll be happy to send it to you if, if it's one that you would like to have. Just email me. And I'll be happy to send it to you. So this is the prayer for the arrested development. And perhaps someone listening, maybe it's not a child, maybe it's an adult. I mean, I've had many adults write me and say, I have arrested development. And so this is not just for children, but if your children do have arrested development, if they're, if, um, you know, if you have a, 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 12 year old that still acts like they're nine or they have the emotional um, uh, maturity of a nine year old, then there's possibly some arrested development and it needs to be dealt with. So here's the prayer. And it, okay. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind arrested development in the name of the child or the name of the person's brain that is causing problems and I break your power and I command you to go. All arrested development. It jumped again. I'm going to have to fix this. Okay. All arrested development that occurred while the name of the person was being formed in the womb. I break your power and command you to go in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak a supernatural maturity to the mind and emotions of the healthy nine-month-old baby boy or girl. That is for the in utero. Okay. I bind and break the power of arrested development that took place in name of the person, between the ages of nine months and one year, 
And in the name of Jesus, I speak a supernatural maturity to the mind and emotions of the healthy one-year-old. And then you continue to do this year by year. I usually do it for the one-year-old, the two-year-old, the three-year-old, the four-year-old, and then the five-year-old. And then from there, I go, depending on the age of the person, in increments of five. And then I just call it. Uh, all arrested development that took place in this person between the ages of six, seven, all arrested development that came in, eight years old, nine years old, ten years old. And then I call for a supernatural maturity of the child of the age of ten, mental and emotional. And you just continue to do that all the way. I mean, I've I've prayed this on people as old as 70. And so you never know what when the arrested development took place. But if you go year by year and then call for that supernatural maturity of the age of whatever their chronological age is, and that's where you stop. One time I was praying for this young man. had no idea how old he is. I'm 65. I, it's hard for me to judge people's ages anymore. Um, because even the 30 year olds look 15. (laughs) So, so when I'm praying, I was going from year to year on this young man and I stopped, I got to 19. And then before I went to 20 or anywhere else, I said, I didn't ask how old you are. How old are you? And he said, 19. And I said, Oh, no wonder I felt like I was finished. (laughs) So, you know, God will lead you. And and help you in these things. So that is the um, the the uh, arrested development prayer. So then, when you're speaking a supernatural maturity, you call the year of that age that you're praying for. Then I activate the mind of Christ because the word says, "If you belong to Jesus, for ye have the mind of Christ." Okay, so don't worry about if you don't see anything happening because the miracle is taking place in the spirit realm and know that nothing is impossible with God. Here is here is the story of the man with the withered hand. That's in Mark 3, 1 through 6. You can read that for yourself. Okay, here is a prayer that I pray for people with birth defects. And this is usually... I hear from people when uh, the child is newborn or very, very young. But I don't think there's an age limit. So you pray this over your the child very quietly while they're asleep, like right outside his bedroom door. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and that there is no time measurement in heaven. You can see... I'm just going to say John to fill in the blank, but you use your child's name. Um, You can see John today, and yet you can still see John as he was being formed in his mother's womb. Father, we are asking for a miracle here for John. We know that theoretically and literally you have accomplished 
what you came to earth to accomplish, salvation, healing, and deliverance. We thank you right now that you have destroyed the works of the devil and that you have given us power over all the power of Satan. So right now, we bind Satan in the name of Jesus and we speak destruction to the work that he has wrought in John. We speak to all that went wrong in John's body and soul as he was being formed in utero. And every day after, we speak a reversal to the damage and we loose the healing power that was released on the cross of Calvary and we apply that finished work to John's body, his soul, and his spirit. We activate the mind of Christ in John, we say to his mind and body, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. John, be made whole in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We speak to the strong man of, and then I have named the affliction. So whatever the doctors have diagnosed it as, we speak to that strong man. We bind you rebuke you and render you powerless we break your power off John we command you to go leave him now in Jesus name we bind and break the power of the spirit of death and the spirit of infirmity go in Jesus name we loose into John the spirit of life in Christ Jesus we speak resurrection life into every cell that has been destroyed damaged, stunted, arrested, or affected by any power of darkness and say, wake up. We command every cell in his brain to function perfectly. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command out of him every foul, deaf, and dumb spirit that perverts his speech, his Every spirit that takes over his speech or his behavior, we command you to leave him now. We call forth the mighty, godly, mature, perfect and complete, however old he is, uh, come forth in the name of Jesus. We bless John in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bless him with success. We bless him to have a mature independent, fruitful, happy, healthy, productive, and self-supporting life. We bless John to be a blessing. We bless John with many great friendships. We bless John with a long and satisfying life. We ask you, Father, to bless John with a fresh anointing of your love, your joy, and peace. Father, we are going to take by force from Satan all that he has stolen from John and the life that he has stolen from him. No more robbing. We thank you, Father, that Satan is defeated. We thank you for the restoration of everything the canker worm has eaten. So, Satan, we command you to loose him now in Jesus' name. And we call, we call all of these things into his body. We see John clothed and in his right mind in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So see, if a person has never been taught to pray like that, they're they're probably saying, Lord, would you please heal my baby? You know, prayers like this, which I used to pray those prayers before I really learned, you know, what I needed to pray and who to address when I'm praying. There are times I'm addressing God and then there are times I'm addressing the enemy because he is the one who comes to to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, so I have a prayer for autism. Um, 
because there is so much autism in the world today. Uh, the prayer of autism is Father in Acts 10.38. Your word tells us that you anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. And if they needed healing, they were sick or afflicted. And that sickness or affliction, it is made clear, is not from you, but from the devil. In Luke ten nineteen, Jesus, you tell us that you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. And we thank you for that. Right now, we exercise that power given us and in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we bind and break the power of the curse of death that came on all of us through Adam and Eve we command the spirit of death to get out go you spirit of death in Jesus name uh, because it could have been passed down the bloodline father we bind and break the power of the generationally inherited curses that have come down the daddy's bloodline and we give leave to the familiar spirits that would lead or guide them away from the plan and purpose you have for his or her life we command them to leave now in jesus name father we bind and break the power of the generationally inherited curses that have come down the mother's bloodline and we give leave to the familiar spirits that would lead or guide him away from the plans and purposes you have for his life we command them to leave now in jesus name we bind and break the power of infirmity and autism and we command you get out go in the name of jesus father we know that man has no cure for autism but there is nothing impossible with you we speak neutralization to any harmful or damaging bacterias viruses or chemical or medical agents that may be in him that has damaged him in any way and we speak a reversal to that damage in jesus name we loose healing restoration regeneration and resurrection life into every cell in his body and we say be healed in the name of jesus we say be made whole in the name of jesus we speak to the left side of the brain we speak to the right side of the brain and we command all the electrical impulses to fire and connect the way god intended them to in the name of jesus christ we bind and break the power of arrested development and command the spirits of arrested development to go and now we now call forth mental the mental emotional and physical development of the child's age we call the communicative skills to come forth in Jesus name we call forth the ability to interact socially to have healthy relationships with others to speak to all his sensory systems sight smell touch taste sounds to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior and our healer we command all involuntary movements ticks OCD in name any other adverse behaviors that are noticed to cease now in the name of Jesus we speak peace to all the systems in his or her body and command the spirits attached to those behaviors to go get out in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we apply the grace that is sufficient to John to his mind body soul spirit and emotions and say be healed in Jesus name we thank you 
Lord Jesus, that when you hung on the cross, you suffered this infirmity, this affliction before it would ever come to him so he wouldn't have to. You shed, your shed and resurrected blood covered every sickness and disease ever known or unknown to man. Thank you, Jesus. We cancel the plans and assignments that the enemy has against this child. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we speak destruction to any evil altar that has been erected for his life. And we say yes and amen to the plans and purposes that you have for his or her life. Now we assign mighty angels to stand around John shoulder to shoulder that no evil penetrate. Amen and amen. If you have a firstborn, your firstborn child, there is a curse called the curse of the firstborn. Now, in Exodus 13, verse 2, well, 1 and 2, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. It's repeated in Luke 2.23, after Jesus was born, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. It was a Hebrew tradition that the firstborn received the blessing, especially the firstborn male. So if God says the firstborn is mine, who do you think Satan wants? He wants the firstborn so that he won't be blessed. And so I, when I do deliverance over uh, groups of people, I ask, are there any firstborns in here? And I wanted to pray for them. So this is the prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break the curse of the firstborn. Or I have them, re- I have them repeat it. I break the curse of the firstborn off myself um, and declare, Father, I lay myself on your altar and pledge my allegiance to you. And I break the curse of the first, the curse off my firstborn son or my firstborn daughter. I call down fire from heaven to destroy the altar that Satan erected for his or her life. I give leave to the unholy angel that Satan assigned and commanded to go in the name of Jesus Christ. I now lay my son or my daughter on your altar and dedicate him to you and to your service and for your kingdom. As Joshua twenty five fifteen states, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So, of course, it's impossible for me right now to cover every area that can help your children. You know the needs of your children. But some of these prayers are in the Power Prayers book. And if you don't have it, I encourage you to get it. Um, we, we get some really wonderful testimonies that people had never prayed like this before. And the difference that it makes when they begin to bind and break the power and cast these spirits out. Because after all, we're not dealing with flesh and blood. So um, if there's um, any that I read tonight that resonated with you or that you know somebody that would really 
be blessed to have that prayer, just let me know, and I'll be happy to send it to you through an email. And actually, that is about it tonight, Shannon. Um, I just really, my heart is is for the children. My heart is just really broken for the children of this yes. generation. So many. What a powerful teaching tonight. You know, the good news is, uh, as broken as they are, we can get their minds back in the name of Jesus. That's right. We can break these curses in the name of Jesus. Yes. Folks, curses are real. Blessings are too. That's the good news tonight. Yes. And like Derek Prince said, every day we have to choose. We want the blessing or the curse. And some are born. And there was bloodline curses attached to them. Yep. Life's in the blood. Demons travel down family lines through the blood. The good news is you are being given weapons to fight back. And we need That's to right. use these. Use them over yourself. Use them over your children. Mm-hmm. Use them over others that God puts in your path. And let's get the land back in Jesus' name. And drive these wicked yes. spirits out. Break these curses. <clears throat> just about um, two or three minutes ago, my wife just came in here and interrupted me. And I said, uh, what do you need? Because uh, I'm on the air. And she said, come quickly. So I ran downstairs and she was pointing out the back window. And I looked up and I saw at first what I thought was a deadly snake. Thank God it wasn't a snake going up the back of our wall. But it's something about as ugly. And I've never seen one this long. This is about a two foot long lizard. It looked like a snake. Then I, I looked mm. at it closer and I realized it was a huge lizard. Mm. And it just slid through a crack of the wall and disappeared. Wow. And I'm, I told her, now you know why I plug up the cracks. <laughs> Under the doors, <laughs> over the doors. Yes. Because things are trying to get in. This lizard, or a snake, because I killed a baby cobra. Don't ever mm-hmm. want to see it or its mama. Where mm-hmm. there's a baby, there's got to be a, a mama somewhere. This is a bespeckled yeah. cobra. Um. There are those things trying to get in. And where there's a crack, they will they will get in. Same mm-hmm. way in the spirit world. Demons are yep. looking for a crack in your armor tonight. They're looking for a way to get in, folks. And many times we invite them in and roll out the red carpet. And maybe our ancestors did, and we're feeling the effects of all the wicked things that they did. Whether we yes. realize what they did or not. Thank God there's been a way made that we can get the land back. We can break the curses. Yes. We can be set free. Cast, kick these demons out in Jesus' name. We can plug up the holes and keep the hedge up and repair the hedges. Many of us need to repair hedges in our family. Mm-hmm. Walls broken down for decades. And then we just run in and and then they leave people. Once they've done with their wicked deeds, broken, used up, torn up shredded emotionally physically jesus has provided a way back amen thank god for his deliverance ministry yes thank god i want to pray can i pray for your house yes please um because um there's all kinds of things creeping out there sister 
And this is a okay, huge one. This is, this, is, this is what I would like for you to do. Yes. I'm going to pray, but from this day forward, to take dominion, because yes. we have been given dominion over everything that creeps on the earth. And so to right. stand in your home and take dominion over every square inch of that house, and if there are any thing creepy, crawly, I call them any anything from the kingdom of darkness, I command you to leave this house in the name of Jesus. Yes. I, if you're already in here, I command you to die now. I speak death to every demonic creature in this house. And then I call for mighty angels to come and stand around the perimeter of our property. That no thing, creature from the kingdom of darkness can cross that boundary line where the angels will stand shoulder to shoulder, that no evil will penetrate that perimeter. I did that over a, over a garden, Shannon, when we first moved to the woods. Yes. And I was planting a garden, and there was an older gentleman that used to just love to come see what Mike and I were doing next. And I was digging this garden. And he just laughed at me. I had gone and bought tomato plants and corn, you know, to plant and all this stuff. And he just laughed at me. And I said, what are you laughing at? He said, this won't even get up. All of those plants you're planting today are going to be gone tomorrow morning because the rabbits and the deer are going to come and eat every bit of it. Wow. I said, oh, I, I hadn't thought about that. And so when he left, I didn't say it in front of him. But when he left, I mean, I would today, but I said, Father, I am calling on angels to come stand at every corner of this garden and shoo away anything that would come to eat my garden. Yes. I called on the angels. And do you know, nothing ever got eaten out of my garden? Wow. And he came back after a while and everything was flourishing. And he said, you put up a fence. I said, no, I didn't put up a Do you see a fence? I didn't put up a fence. He, he said, you did something. And then I had to tell him. I said, you're right. I learned that God has given the angels to help us. And I I, I commanded them to come and stand on every corner of my garden and shoo away any deer or rabbit or anything else that would come to eat my plants, even worms and bugs and all of that. And I had a beautiful garden. So this, this what I'm saying is very effective. You take dominion. When, when I go swimming in the lake, I bring my grandchildren down to the lake. We live on a lake, biggest man-made lake in Texas, Toledo Bend Lake. And when we go out there, I, I stand there. I, I take dominion right now over every snake, every stinging, biting thing that would mess up our day. And I yes. command you to get out of the area now in Jesus' name. 
When I go blackberry picking, I stand back. I command every spider, every wasp, every snake, everything that stings and bites, any creature from the kingdom of darkness, get out now, move in Jesus' name. Never have seen a snake. Everybody I know that berry picks, oh my gosh, watch out for the snakes. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna take dominion over the snakes. Let's do it right now. Lead me through a prayer, and I'm gonna pray it with you. And those out there want to take dominion over their home, pray this prayer with us. How does it go? Okay, Father. Father. I thank you that you've I, given me dominion. I thank you that you've given me dominion. That's Genesis 1:26. Over the fowl of the air. Over the fowl of the air. Over the fish of the sea. Over the fish of the sea. And over every creeping thing that moves upon the earth. And over every creeping thing that moves along the earth. And all the earth, it says. And all the earth, it says. And weather takes place in the earth. And weather that takes place in the earth. You've given us dominion over it all. You've given us dominion over it all. And we we live in a place where there are creepy, crawly things. God, we live in a place where there are creepy, crawling things like this massive lizard snake I just saw. And cobras. And cobras. And poisonous spiders. And poisonous spiders. And all manner of things. And all manner of things. Creatures of darkness. Creatures of darkness. That come in our house. That come in our house. And I take dominion over them right now. And I take dominion over them right now. Every one of them. Every one of them. And I command you to move out in Jesus' name. And I command you right now to move out and off this property in Jesus Christ's name. And if you can't get out, die in Jesus' name. And if you can't get out, die right now in Jesus' name. And I call for the mighty angels. And I call for the mighty angels of God. To come and stand around my property. To come and stand around my property. Shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. Swords drawn. Swords drawn. And you know, the Bible says, this is, I'm just going to give you a little piece of information. You don't have to say it. The Bible says of some spirits that they have eyes all around So there is nothing they don't see. So swords drawn. So swords drawn. To ward off. To ward off. Anything. Anything. That would come to bring harm to me or my family. That would come to bring harm to me or my family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Folks, this is real. Um, last night, <clears throat> Mom had went out to um, church fellowship, took the babies. And I, closing down with the night, I went to bed, had this dream. And outside this window was some type of creature with knives and says, I'm going to get in and cut you up. Now I rebuked that dream in the name of Jesus. 
Folks, the enemy is mm -hmm. trying to find a way in. We must plug up all holes. Keep mm -hmm. that hedge up. And not only that, but we must run the enemy away. Yes. Go on the offensive against the enemy. He'll try to attack you in your dreams. He'll try to attack you during the day. Try to attack your mind. Use individuals to come at you. What are we going to do? Are we going to cower in fear? No, we're going to fight back in Jesus' name. We've got authority to yep. tread on these serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy to break witchcraft. To yep. bind and loose in Jesus' name. And think yes. now for a moment that if everything just going great right now, that uh, all is well. Maybe today might be a total different story tomorrow. The enemy is looking to kill us all. And you know yep. what? If nothing's happening, I really would be worried. <laughs> You're probably um, not doing any damage to the enemy, and he's got you where he wants you, and he's coming to collect you sooner than later. We need to fight yeah. back in the name of Jesus. Realize it's yes. war. And if it's war, attack's going to come, but we prevail. We win, and we deal with even the generational damage that's come down the bloodline. If you're just joining us tonight, set the children free in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. um, this is training we can all use, folks. We've got to keep the guard up. Don't let the enemy in, folks. And if you have, repent. Kick him out and close the door and seal it up in Jesus' name. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. And and you know what? I want to say this. Since you just took that stand, I bind every spirit of backlash and retaliation from the enemy because I know he's stomping mad because he can only be, be successful in the areas that we are ignorant. Yes. Absolutely. And it just gets better and better and better, you know, as as time goes on to take that stand. And, you know, even even in this day and time, I, I send the angels before I leave the house. If I'm going shopping, grocery shopping or whatever, I send the angels before we get there. Mike and I spent um, the weekend in Houston and went to a Houston Astro baseball game last weekend. We had a really good time. But before I got there, I, I sent the angels before us to go and fill that uh, stadium. It's an enclosed baseball stadium. Yes. But I sent the angels there to drive out every demonic spirit that would want to cause harm to anybody you know those are the days we live in we can't just willy-nilly go and i mean people are being shot everywhere and the guns are not the problem you know they want to they want to control the gun it's not the guns You're right if they didn't have the guns they'd be using a sledgehammer or knives or i mean you're not going to stop the evil but but do your due diligence. I, I came to my mother's today, and my brother and sister-in-law are gone on a trip, but her car is sitting in the garage, and she's got a big crack across our windshield. And I went, ah, after all I've taught them how to pray, they, they have a crack in their windshield. Every day when I get in the car, in that book, there is a, there's a travel prayer, even on my website. 
there there are several prayers on my website you the travel prayer every day when i get in the car it doesn't take very long lord i thank you for dominion I, I take dominion over the fowl of the air, everything that moves upon the earth. I command him in the name of Jesus to stay out of my roadway. I bind every rock and loose article on the road to the road. Um, and I bind every spirit of harassment by city police and highway patrolmen. Because you know what? Sometimes they're they're working against the children of God and they don't even know it. Pull them over for no reason at all. I have been pulled over so many times. It's ridiculous. And I'm not even speeding. I mean, I was in Houston one day and the traffic was passing me like I was sitting still. I'm doing the speed limit. And he gets out and he follows me for about two or three miles down the road, just right behind me. And I'm like, what is he doing? Finally, he pulls me over. And before... He could even get to the car, called Mike. And I said, you're not going to believe this, but I just got pulled over by the highway patrol for no reason at all. I was talking to another pastor. He said, don't you know what that is? (laughs) It's just the devil harassing you. Well, that was all I needed to hear. So I bind that spirit of harassment. That's right. And I I don't get pulled over anymore for no reason. It's time to harass the devils. Amen. Yeah, so, and and uh, the rest of it is, I speak supernatural, mechanical, physical, and computer preservation over my automobile. And I'm going to tell you, Mike, Mike had, well, he has a different plane now, but when he, his first plane was a, a Cessna 150, and it had some age on it, okay? So, after so many flying hours, you have to get a new motor, that's right. Okay. So, I mean, but but it all has to do with the compression. Uh, when it starts losing compression, then it's time to get a new motor. Okay. So, I every time we get in that plane, I pray the same prayer over his plane and supernatural preservation. And do you know, we were it, it looked like we were going to need a new motor in like two years after he bought it. Every year when we took it, they would take it apart. When they inspect a plane, it's not like a car. They take it apart, the motor, and put it back together again. It's an expensive thing. <laughs> Thank goodness it only happens uh, once every two years. But but his when we thought we were going to have to get a new motor, it kept the guy kept saying, I can't believe this plane is holding the compression like it is. It didn't hit me for a while. It was the result of my prayer for supernatural preservation. And so he never did, as long as we had it, have to get a new motor. Now he has a different plane. I'm praying supernatural, mechanical, and physical preservation over that airplane. And, you know, I don't ha- I don't get cracked windshields. I used to get cracked windshields. I don't get flat tires anymore. I used to get flat tires all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It is. It is powerful. It's powerful. And he's given it to us. Why would we not use it? 
Amen. That I mean, listen, it doesn't take me long to learn that when something works, I'm going to work it. <laughs> That's right. And and it works. The word of God is powerful. And if you obey it and do it. I mean, listen, James tells us that if we are hearers only and not doers, we deceive our own selves. That's pretty bad. Self-deception. So I encourage you to do that. I mean, okay, they went to the meeting last night. Hey, when when my husband leaves for work, I send the angels before him to watch over him. That's right. Surround his car. Go to his office before he gets there and feel the atmosphere. I stand a mighty angel at his door that nobody meaning harm, can go in. Their demons have to stay out. That's right. You pray your desired end. Sister Carla, this is the truth. It's time that we begin to exert our authority on this world against the host of hell and begin to put the enemy on the run. Let's harass the demons. Let's make war on the devils. They want to make war on the saints. Let's turn the tables on them. They they like to torment, harass, and drive. Let's torment and harass and drive the demons out of Dodge yes. in the name of Jesus and right into the pit where they belong in cups. Yeah. Folks, it's time to take well, back the territory in Jesus' name, street by street. Amen. Back to you. Amen. I'm not going to let some snake put me in fear. I'm going to stand on that prayer. And we're going to rebuke Amen. the enemy and put him to flight. That's right. Amen. Submit to God resist the devil and the devil's going to flee. And yep. resist is a forceful adjective. Resist. Mm-hmm. Don't take it lying down. Fight back, in it, folks, in the name of Jesus and win. Fight back and win. Amen. I really, and you've got a book titled by that, don't you? <laughs> Fight back? I have. Well, no, it's actually Fight for Your Life, but it's a book on healing. Yeah, it's a book on healing. Fight for Your Life. And uh, (laughs) Yeah, Fight for Your Life. And then I have another book called Sins Unto Death. (laughs) Uh, You can find that on my website. And, of course, The Power Prayers, uh, Warfare That Works. It has its own uh, website called powerprayers.ca is where you can uh, purchase that. But it, it's just really exciting. I mean, my since I have begun to war, uh, my, my life is totally different. Totally different. I used to have to live on the defense all the time. You know, things would happen, and I would have to cry out to God for help. And, of course, he would always help me. But living without having those cries is a lot better. Absolutely. I live on the offense. I live on the offense now. There's no neutral just coasting through life, folks. There's no No. Switzerland in the spirit. Well, I mean, you can be lukewarm, but the end of those that are lukewarm is not going to turn out too well. No. I would much rather be on the offense than the defense. Put the enemy to flight. I used to be tormented at night. Not anymore. 
because I know that the things that I feared, they fear me now because of greater in Jesus' enemy than he that is in the world. And they'll fear you folks when you know your authority. And we begin to use it. Bind and loose in Jesus' name. Loose the angels of God to surround your family for protection. I love that, Carla. That's exactly what we need to do. Covering ourselves mm-hmm. in the blood of Jesus. Asking God to let those angels ride shotgun. <laughs> right down the road. Yeah. It's the truth. Station them yeah. around your family and your house mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. We... Um, I was asked by a friend to put out a alert for a man's son who went up missing last week. And we were trying to get all the details, and I was fixing to make the announcement on Mega Man Radio. And I told them I'll be glad to help in any way that I can. I didn't know what kind of help I could give there, but I said, you know, wait a minute. That's not where I can help them. I can help them in prayer. And so I prayed, Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would loose the angels. To go find this 18-year-old yep. son. His yep. father was in England. Son here in the States. And he was staying at a friend's house and then just disappeared. Said he was going off to see some girl that he met on Facebook down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't heard anything from him for days. Mm. Now, father wasn't happy with what the son had done anyway. But point is, he was gone. Now I just need to find out where mm-hmm. my son is. You know, he's thinking. So, right. you know, they asked me, hey, can you put out an alert? And I said, I'm going to pray, put out a heavenly alert, ask God to loose mm-hmm. the angels to find this man and get him to call home in Jesus' name. Now, I heard Wynn Worley do that one time. Yes. And you know what? They canceled the request. I was getting yep. ready to have to go up the next day and put this notice up. I was waiting for a few more details from them, including a photo. And you know what? They said, everything's fine. He's called home. Yep. And God reminded Praise me of that. Lord. I believe God heard that prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I did Lord. that one time. Uh, the father of my grandchildren came and picked the little granddaughter up at bedtime. It was They were eating supper. It was almost time for bed. And he wanted to go to Walmart and took her with him. And at like I was at Lake Hamilton, but Mike called me, and he's, I could tell he was aggravated. And I said, what's the matter? Because he's. He's a real laid-back guy. He said, well, uh, Daddy came and picked up Kaylee, and it's 9.30, and she's got school tomorrow. She usually goes to bed at 8. It's 9.30, and he's not even back yet. He said, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. I said, Mike, you're going to sleep tonight, and I'm going to – listen, let's pray right now. So I just – Father, I – I assign angels to go and arrest him right where he is, whatever he's doing, just arrest him, stop him, cause him to realize that he needs to get that baby home now in Jesus' name. I said, now, Mike, go to bed. Well, the next morning, I get up at 4.30 at Lake Hamilton to be ready for the 6 o'clock prayer meeting. And he called me at 5 o'clock, which he never, ever (laughs) calls me that early. And he said, I just thought I'd tell you what happened last night. I said, what happened last night? He said, he got arrested. I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, he got arrested because what he was doing, he was breaking the law. And he had her with him. Absolutely. And I have prayed the angels of God around those children since they were born. And I know 
that they are there protecting them. Because one time my son and daughter got in a wreck and had the my little granddaughter with them. He, my son had to be life flighted with a head injury to a hospital. My wow. my daughter broke ribs and well they didn't they didn't even know where she was. Now the she had been taken to the hospital, but nobody knew where she was. And Mike was thinking that because they didn't know about a, a woman or a little girl that they had been killed. And he he couldn't even drive. I said, No, you're I'm not gonna I'm not going there until I know for sure anything. So we started going to the hospital where my oldest son was, found out that my daughter was at another hospital locally. And all I could think about was what has happened to this child that they, you know, took and where they they were drinking and driving with her in the car in a truck. Wow. And had a wreck, ran off the road and hit a tree. And it was terrible. But when I got to the emergency room and opened the the curtain, my little grandbaby was sitting on a chair eating icing off of a cupcake. She did not even have a scratch. Honestly, they should have all been killed from, I mean, it was a diesel big truck and my son hit the steering wheel so hard that it bent. You know, it's a hard, I don't even know what that's made out of, but it's hard. And it bent the steering wheel. It was bad. It was a bad, bad wreck. But but the angel, I knew when I saw my grandbaby, the angels were there. She did not have a scratch. That was a miracle. Yes. I mean, that truck was almost cut in half when it hit that tree. Now, this was uh, nine years ago. Nine years ago, that happened. That was a miracle. So I know, I know when I when I put the angels around my grandbabies every day, they are there. Amen. That's exactly right. I've been doing that for for many years. Just naming my children. I have four. Mm-hmm. Started real early when I was nineteen. <laughs> I was twenty. Oh boy. I uh, have two now with mm-hmm. Mama Narita. And every day, Father right. God, I ask you to loose warrior angels to surround them in the name of Jesus. Call them out. And I believe God honors yeah. that prayer, folks. Whatever you loose earth Absolutely. is loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound right. in heaven in Jesus' name. Bind the demons Amen. and loose the angels of God into combat mm-hmm. mode. It's time we begin to take yes. our dominion and use our authority. That's the problem. We're not yep. exerting our authority. Many have been stripped, Carla, of the weapons of our warfare. They don't know how to fight back, even if they Mm -mm. wanted to. Many churches don't want to talk about deliverance. It's a dirty word to them. Or by design, they keep it out of their churches. The demons inside ruling and reigning don't want you to chase them out. They like their home sitting on a pew, maybe next to you. Mm -hmm. But we've we've got to learn how to fight back, begin to use our authority in these weapons in Jesus' name, and then act on them. It's not enough to know it, but we've got to begin to use it. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to see improvements. 
Or That's the truth. You're just waiting for a body bag with your name on it to show up at your door, folks. Because the demons are coming. They are intent on killing you and I if we don't drive them out first. That's what and they do. And these are different days, too, Shannon. Oh, yes. God, God told me, I think it was back in 2011, that the warfare between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness is intensifying. And it is. I can yes. see it. I hear it in the emails that I get. It's just nonstop torment, um, torture, crazy sicknesses, just all manner of chaos. The enemy's right out there in the front. He's not hiding anymore. He is just being nope. confrontational. The gloves have come off. Yep. And he's taking people out with extreme prejudice. Yep. Folks, what are we going to do? You and I are the only thing standing in the way. Just like our brother, uh, Chaplain Jonathan Skaggs, tuning in. He's a deputy sheriff and deliverance minister <laughs> in Texas. Yay. And you know, he Yay. keeps the, the, the streets safe for the people there. He's the only thing standing in the way of the law-abiding citizen and the thug mm-hmm. who has no problem. Killing, stealing, and destroying. They can get their That's hands right. on you, and there was nothing to keep them in check. And what he does, he mm-hmm. arrests bad guys, and he also casts their demons out. He'll do many mm-hmm. a deliverance session in the back of a patrol car. Leads people to Jesus, cast out devils. And he's got the support of the sheriff's department. Because they're seeing results with this brother. And you know what? That's right. He has to do a job. If no one did it, the streets would be overrun. Taking the guns away, only harms the law-abiding citizen because the Mm -hmm. thugs they never buy a gun going to a gun store they're always going to have a gun there's Mm -hmm. 20,000 books laws in the books right now regarding gun laws adding another one's not going to help the only thing that happens when they take guns away is now it's going to make the thug job that much easier yeah there's nothing going to stop them until you put the cuffs on them because they're doing what is in their nature to be done until that nature changes. Yeah. The demons inside of them are going unchecked in many churches, in many cities, because many churches have failed to do their job. And judgment first starts at the house of the God. Yeah. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? God's going to hold every one of us, especially those in leadership in churches, um, liable for dereliction of duty, if we don't use the keys of the kingdom, folks, that Jesus has entrusted us to. If you hand them back to him at the end of the time, I don't want to be in your, sh- your shoes. What are you going to say? Well, God, that wasn't my calling. Really? <laughs> you didn't read Mark 16 then, son or daughter? Because these signs follow them that believe. Maybe we don't believe is the problem. Or maybe you really don't care. As long as it goes all right for you. Well, I'm here to tell you, you're going to care when the demons show up at your house and go after your child and you don't know how to fight back. You're going to be trying to figure out, well, who can I call? Folks, let not that be the case with you and I. Let's man and woman up. Let's do the job God has called us to do. Let's get set free and help deliver others and take back the land in Jesus' name. We don't have to live in captivity anymore. Jesus Christ came to set the captives free. And let's go out there and love one another and do likewise. If you love someone, you want to set them free too. 
And yes. praise God, this is a job that God will give you on the job training. He's not telling you to go to Bible school first and come back. They won't teach you anything about casting that devils in a Bible school, by the way. <laughs> they sure won't. <laughs> Depending on which one you go, they don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit either. Right. And uh, they probably don't believe healings for today either. Probably not. So you're going to come out of there with um, with stuff that you can't even use, by and large, to make a difference. And God forbid they are training you there on the Hillsong style or broken back church and set you up for apostatizing. You know, there's many that are coming out of the church. They're walking away. They said they don't know mm-hmm. if they believe anymore. They're losing their faith. I tell yeah. you why, because they don't cast out devils in those churches. <laughs> or they That's would have right. already dealt with doubt and unbelief. They're not healing the sick either. So there's no miracles of God in these churches. And deliverance is a miracle ministry. It is. It sure Jesus is. Jesus said, if I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, the kingdom of God has come unto you. It's a miracle ministry. Folks, yeah. it needs to be done in every church and in every home. And so I want to encourage you to learn more about deliverance. Carla, um, will you be speaking anywhere uh, in America soon, like with uh, uh, any conferences? Yes. Hey, let me put my glasses back on. And I had that at... Um, I got it ready actually before we started so that I could While you're looking give for it that, to you. Okay. Also, what? get a pen and paper, folks, and write down Carla's website. Give out your website where people can support your ministry and also pick up some of these books you talked about. Okay. It's um, CarlaButod.com, and that's C-A-R-L-A, B as in boy, U, T as in Tom, A, U, D is in dog. dot com, and um, I have three books available. Well, actually two. I have three, but the other one has its own website. If you're interested in the power prayers, I have a link on there on the website, and I have my schedule. And there are some of those prayers that I talked about on there, and I think some messages you can listen to. And my schedule for the rest of this year, not a whole lot, but I have a meeting in um, Montrose, Colorado, is coming up at the end of September. Um, it's September 27th through 29th. It's in uh, West, it's West Coast Church of Deliverance, uh, Pastors Monty and Sharon Mulkey, and I'll be there. Sheila's going to be there as well. And then Saturday, November 23rd, it's a one-day event uh, with Dr. Esther Matthews, and she's, her ministry is a call to character ministries, and that's going to be in Beaumont, Texas at the Elegante Hotel. And then Saturday, December 7th, uh, another one-day event um, with the same ministry, and all of that information is on my website as well. Fantastic. Carl, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. Powerful teaching. Thank you for having me, Shannon. <laughs> if someone wants to email you, how can they do that? Um, it is also on my website, but it's carlabutod at gmail.com. Oh, fantastic. Carla, I am yeah. making up a schedule now for September and October. Would you look at your schedule and pick out some dates that would work for you? I sure will. 
Oh, well, I'll I'll tell do you, it. We really appreciate you coming out here. I learn something every time. And uh, awesome teaching, folks. you got to share this with friends. Would you like to close us out in prayer? How about you close us out in prayer, Shannon? It'll be an honor. Father, Jehovah God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the word tonight. We ask God that you would bless Sister Carla and her family, bless everyone in their families that have come out tonight or listen later. We plead the blood of Jesus over us all, Father God. We ask that you would loose angels over everyone tuning in tonight to surround them, put up a hedge of protection wall fire from Zachariah 2 and 5 around each one of us. In the name of Jesus, we bind every demon tuning in worldwide, and we loose the judgments of God on every demon's head, tuning in and assigned against us. In Jesus' name, we break all witchcraft, any curses that have been sent our way tonight. In the name of Jesus, we bind up and rebuke every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance or delay that would come against Carla, me, or anyone tuning in, or our families, in Jesus' name. God, we're asking that you would expose the enemy, show us anything in our homes that need to be tossed out, any people we need to forgive, and any sins we have committed we have not repented of, God, that we can get clean before you. Have your way, Father God. Guide and direct our steps. We ask that you give favor to Sister Carla, expand her territories and ministry, protect her family. Thank you, Lord, for this teaching tonight to set the captives free. In Jesus Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen. Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you. And uh, I got away from the house without the plug for my computer and my battery is getting low. Well, we did good. (laughs) Uh, Before we close, what would you like to title the show for the archive? How to Help Your Children Through Deliverance? Yeah. Let's do it. Or How Deliverance Can Help Your Children. I don't know. Whatever you think. Okay. We'll have this posted in a few hours, folks. Pick it up and go to CarlaButon.com. Carla, we'll see you soon. Um, check your calendar. Right. And let me know when you get some time what you got. God I bless will. you. Thank you, Shannon. God bless you. Thank you, Carla. Good night. Good night. Folks, that was a powerful teaching. And I've got one more thing to talk about. It's going to take maybe five minutes. Let me save this, and I'm going to put a screen up there for you here in just a second. Be right back. 